0: spiritual gangster you can find me meditating in the hood I'm spending my free time allowing you to peek into my brain and i take my own spiritual journey so grab your wine, bible and even your blunt, and tap in, tap in, tap in and yeah
1: so y'all know I love me a good car ride story so that's what I'm bringing to you guys today, um, an update on my life. Let us see, let us see, let us see. What is the update? Um. So I guess you could say that part of my update is the fact that um, I am preparing for this trip to Orlando, Florida. And I am super, 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 super excited about that. Um, I am, like, trying to prepare myself, like, mentally, physically, by, like, building my immune system. I am also detoxing, so I'm trying to, like, get out all the bad stuff and replace it with good stuff. Even though I just stopped that pain express, I'm not even going to lie to y'all. The chow mein hits so fucking different. And, you know, like, I think that sometimes I put myself in a box and I try to be okay. That's that's. Let me finish my update. I'm gonna get into that though. Definitely gonna get into that. So, you know, I um, I am binge watching. I finished Insecure for all of you. Ah, okay. Sidebar. Finishing Insecure was like not satisfying at all for me. It seemed very much rushed. I love the hell out of Issa Ray, so it's not, like, any shade to her. Like, I think she's so beautiful, so, so funny. I just love her. Like, I am, in my head, Issa. Like, you know, like, I'm funny, but people don't know I'm funny because I don't talk. So, like, in my head, though, it's a whole comedy show. And I realized that when it came to my daughter being born and, like, her coming into her own personality. Like, the little girl played all damn day. And I'm like, where does she get this from? But low-key, like, in my head, I'm a whole comedian. Like, stand-up comedian. Like, microphone, lights, camera, action. Like, I'm a whole fucking comedian. But you wouldn't know because, for one, I'm not in a position where I'm, like, always showing my personality in the first place. I'm a teacher, so it's kind of like I put, you know, I put a little bit of comedy into there. But like being that, like I'm already considered old to fourth graders is actually tragic. But it's also my current situation. So like a lot of times they don't get my humor. Like I even put, I even incorporate like gifs. I call them gifs. I don't know if it's gifs or gifs. See, that's the old shit. That's that old shit. That's something my my granny would say. Like, what the fuck do you got a GIF? You know. But I put those on my PowerPoints and different shit like that, but so like most of the time they don't even get the references like huh it's so frust- it's so frustrating to feel old like I remember y'all I was teaching, and one of my kids was like, "I said something about on Facebook, and one of my kids was like, Wait, you still use Facebook, and I was like, Yeah, he was like, How old are you and I was like what the fuck do they gotta do with anything bro <laughs> it's like old people use facebook them. and i'm just like what in the fuck y'all never have i ever been called old as a teacher like literally every parent every other teacher is looking at me like oh look at the little baby like trying to figure out life and whole time these kids talking about when i'm old and then at the end of the year, I always tell my kids how old I am at the end of the year because I don't want them going back and running and telling their parents because I have my own little theories about what people feel about my age. And so when I told them, they were like, oh, I thought she was older than that. What the hell? You look young, but you just act so old. What the hell? So all in all, I do try to incorporate my comedy into me being a teacher, but. I also, you know, um, I also kind of, I don't want to say struggle. I don't know the word for it. I don't really show that side of me. But my daughter, like, she has it full-blown. Like, I think I made a tweet the other day. Yes, I still get on Twitter for those of you that are young. Um, I made a tweet yesterday, and I just said, like, how my daughter, like, don't get me wrong, man, my baby daddy, like, sucks ass, but I do think that there are good traits in him that, like, I was automatically attracted to. So when it comes to my daughter, like, I see the best of me in him, and she's like, it's crazy because before she ever got here, we spoke her being this dope being. Like, we were like, if we ever have kids, y'all, like, that kid is gonna be so fucking dope. Because, like, the best parts of us put into a little person is amazing. And the crazy thing is, like, I see that manifested every day with her because she is so fucking amazing. Like, he's a comedian. He's funny in his own little way. um, Like, stubborn. Like, but in, like... it's just in this perfected way with her that's almost indescribable like I just know I tell her all the time that she's gonna be something so fucking great because she is because what the fuck like like okay, I always gotta bring it back to friends, so I watch friends like fucking crazy I've probably seen I probably rewatched the entire like collection seasons i probably re-watched that at least 15 goddamn times so i know friends forwards and backwards and backwards and forwards to the point where i can quote episodes word for word one of the references that we made is like so a lot of times we would talk about like which character we resonated with the most or whatever whatever um me and my baby daddy and you know We were talking about which one is our favorite and all of this. And I'm not going to say that over time. Like, okay, so at first, my favorite was really Chandler. And I really like Chandler's, like, body motions. Like, he just does this stuff that's so funny. And, like, I've literally incorporated that into my life on accident. Like, I catch myself doing Chandler moves. Like, it's so funny. So that was originally my favorite. But then when my baby daddy was like, oh, Joey is my favorite. And I was like, why? Like, and he broke it down in a way, like, he has a great way of, like, relating movies and TV to real life in ways that, like, I would never completely understand. Like, he is that TV fanatic, you know? So, all in all, what he what he said was, I would want my kid to be like Joey. Like, Joey is... Happy, like he was always a very free spirit, like he never let money rule his life, and like just all of these things, and I was like, yo, that's pretty dope. Like, and so as I watched it again and again and again, I literally watched it just to go to sleep. So as I watched it over and over and over, like I started to understand, like Joey was happy as hell with his life, like he just wanted to be around his friends. He didn't care about money, but, like, he didn't care about being broke either. Like, he was just this free spirit. And, like, he was like, this is, like, I would be so proud of my kid if they turned out like Joey. And I was like, I see where you're coming from. I really do.
0: So, anyway, to get to the needy food, this episode is basically just a lot of realizations that I've been coming to, um, some advice that I've been giving to other people, just different things like that. Um, You know, I believe, I genuinely believe that we can really block our own blessings when we're not in alignment with what God or spirit has for us. Um, you know, and I was telling somebody the other day that, I believe that everything happens for a reason everything is super super divine, and it's really easy for me to get discouraged when I'm working on personal goals and part of that I believe is because um I measure a lot of my happiness based off of how successful I am as far as my personal goals um when it comes to certain things, I think certain things have always come easy to me, so uh, I just kind of expect that when it comes to different things that I'm working on personally. When it comes to my small business, it's like, yo, you know, I have been teaching all of my life. That's literally all I do. I'm a bucket of knowledge. And it's like, I just want to pour it out into somebody else. Um, So I think when it comes to that, that is where my like disconnect is. But I also know that there are things in my life that aren't aligned with what I'm doing if that makes sense like if I were to be where I wanted to be right now I have things in my life that either would a distract me from giving my all to it b would have me emotionally involved in that situation whereby I wouldn't be able to be my best self or put my best foot forward when it comes to my position and I think sometimes we ask for things prematurely, right? Like so if I ask for this and I get it and I manifest this thing in my life, I'm just gonna mess it up. And so a lot of times spirit is saying like you need to get you together before I give you this thing that you're constantly asking me for, but like are you really ready for it? Are you going to handle it correctly? Um, it's the same way when it comes to your parents, right? When it comes to your parents and you ask them for a dog the whole time you can't clean up your room and clean up after yourself, and they realize the responsibility that this dog or this puppy is going to be in your life. This puppy is going to, you're going to need to feed it, you're going to need to clean up after it, you're going to need to wash it, you're going to need to make sure that it has, you know, the proper care items, the proper food. You know, you're going to have to spend money on this thing, and so when you ask for it, you're saying the glitz and glam, right? You're saying hey, this is what I want. And this is, you know, this is the monetary value of, you know, this is the fulfillment that I'm looking for, whatever, whatever. But are you really seeing the hard work, the early mornings, the late nights, the miscommunications, the the F-ups, the redos? Are you really seeing that part of what you're asking for? You know, and a lot of times, spirit is telling you like you're not ready for that fam. Like if I give you this you're gonna fumble the bag. And then you're gonna be mad at me and you. When well, really it's your fault. You know? Um and I and I'm starting to understand it and I'm starting to be able to like pace myself when it comes to what I'm asking for and what I'm manifesting. Because I know that if I ask for everything that I want right now I might not be able to handle that like am i really going to be able to handle it and that's the real question um another thing is just all together i've learned that a lot of the things like when i reflect on my life i think of everything that i've been through and i think of why I went through it and I think that's a part of shadow work and my shadow working journal is actually supposed to get here today um I have a manifestation journal that my best friend got me completely in love with that but at the same time like I'm ready to embark upon trying to connect those dots of like things in my past and things that I've experienced and how they still are blocking my blessings today because life is a matter of I don't want to say looking back it's a matter of becoming your best self right so this version that I am today is totally different from the version of me that I was yesterday or the version of me that I was a week ago or the version of me that I was a month ago and when I don't want to constantly look back and reflect on those things without understanding how those things um, how those things from my past are projecting me into a, a forward movement, right? So when I think about, you know, uh, some of the most traumatic things that I've been through, some of the things that I don't really feel like I've completely healed from, when I look at those things or when I look at just experiences and I look at the different things that I've done in my past, and I think, like, why didn't that work out? I wasn't ready. I was not ready. I did not have the skills, you know? In the moment, it it was very, 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 very tragic that what happened to my daughter happened to her. However, looking forward, I now see that that was for something greater. That was for a greater spiritual awakening that happened within me. For one, it strengthened my relationship with spirituality. I literally, like, fell on my face in the hospital and was like, God, please save my baby, right? I was calling, you know, every bit of my soul to, to save my child, um, it also definitely made me realize my dislike and distress for the medical industry, and I don't care how you feel about that, it's just, it is what it is, I don't trust them, for plenty of reasons that I'm not going to address today, because that's not your business. It's mine. If you choose to trust them, you choose to trust them. Um, it also definitely made me a better mom. It made me appreciate every single day with my child. I'm not saying that I wouldn't if I didn't have that experience, but I know like it's so fresh every day, every night, every day when I see her face every night when we go to sleep like it's so it's such a gratefulness within me that i can't even put words to to like have this person growing healthy in front of me because i remember vividly a time when she was not in that position or i didn't even know if we were going to see this day, you know and so it definitely created a greater strength of gratitude within me um Something else that it did. I think that as a first-time mom, like, we have the tendency to, like, freak out over every little thing that happens with our kid. Uh, Especially if that, like, something is hurting them or something is bothering them. I still, to this day, do not like to hear my child cry. I hate it. Because we were in the hospital for, like, 20-something days. Or so it felt. I don't even remember the time. It was a blur um however I do remember specifically knowing that my child didn't cry like they poked her they prodded her they did all of these things to her and she was not crying like they were like what the hell like so moving forward you know I would hate to hear her cry um but also moving forward it also showed me how strong like babies when they first come out are like frail fragile right and a lot of the things that they were doing to her I didn't feel like babies could really take, like, I was like, whoa, like, you taking her this many times in a day, like, that has got to send your body into some type of traumatic, you know, state, or, you know, you're doing this and that to her, and she's a baby, like, you're filling her with chemicals, and all of these different things that you're doing to invade my baby's body, and, you know, she was able to tough that out, and stick through it, and, you know, still to this day, like, I have such an admiration for my daughter more than I think she will ever understand because I feel like she beat the odds. I feel like she's a very strong being. I feel like she has a very strong purpose or else she might not have made it through the experience that she made it through. Honestly, I feel like the devil didn't want her here. But there is a calling on her life. She's here for a reason. Don't know what that reason is. I don't even know if that reason was to save me from myself, to save me from the relationship that I was in. I have no idea. I know that she unlo- she unleashed something that was caged within me. Um, you know, I had to face one of, you know, a fear that I didn't even know I had, which was losing my, my first child, you know. Um, I had to face the fact that I felt like maybe that was punishment for me being with somebody I had no business being with I had to face that and sometimes in life you have to be faced with hard truths you have to face hard realities in order for you to wake the hell up and for me that was my moment I was like yeah there's nothing that I wouldn't do for this little girl no matter what no matter how it affects me you know what I'm saying like it woke me up on what a priority it is to, to what what a responsibility it is to have a kid and what that feels like and to have a life that you're responsible for I mean I think that being a mother is like one of the greatest jobs in the world and I also believe um that my teaching experience helped prepare me to be a mother I never wanted to be a teacher y'all right Hand up to God. I never wanted to be a teacher. I never wanted to have kids. Y'all, right hand up to God, you guys, my parents, you guys, my family. I never was the type of person to be like, Oh, I want a family and kids and big house and 30,000 kids running around and my husband and the dog and live happily ever after. Like, no, I was like, Wrench auntie me, please. I will be somewhere in New York in my small little apartment living my best life. Yeah, right. So that didn't happen as planned. And when I accepted the position as a teacher. The first week was hell. But the crazy thing about it was I never felt like quitting. There are a lot of other things in my life that I wanted to quit on or and or I did. But the fact that I didn't want to quit this particular journey because I I definitely could have. I don't believe that I didn't have the support that I needed to say yeah, really don't want to do this. Let's see what my other options are. Or let's try something else. Um, Let's go home and take a gap year and do something else. Definitely could have. Definitely had the support to do so. I never felt forced into being a teacher. So, you know, I would go home and I would cry. And I would think of, like, new strategies and new ways to decorate my classroom. New seating charts. I would talk to other teachers and collaborate. What are you doing in your classroom? What's working for you? Can you share that with me? Can you help me with this? Can you come into my classroom and do this? Like I was all in. And maybe it was because my first job and I felt like I had something to prove or it could have also been just the simple fact that like I literally loved what I did. I would come in early and get everything set up and I would stay late and I would clean everything up. And it would drive me crazy because as a teacher, you know that you shouldn't be cleaning your own classroom. That's something that should be done before you leave the classroom. Um, As a teacher, you know that you split the workload with the kids, a hundred percent. Everything I do at this point, you know, I split with the kids. You want a grade? Sure. You want to be uh, the person who sweeps the classroom? Sure. But at one point that was all on my shoulders and I was going crazy. I was fresh out of college. Kids thought I was a joke because I'm I'm the same size as them, right? And this was something that I really could have given up on. I really, I don't remember ever even thinking, I want to quit. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't ever remember thinking that. 100% do not remember. If I did think that, I didn't do it. Um, I think one reason was because my work environment. I completely love the culture of the school that I worked for. I completely love the people that I worked with, and I completely love the kids that I served. Um, Mainly because the demographic was low-income Black kids. And that's what I am. I'm a low-income Black kid. So, you know, it was definitely a relatable experience for me. Um, I think that you know, that alone just shows my passion for what I do and how much I actually loved it. Um, when it came to having kids and liking kids, I still don't like them. I like my kids. I like my students. I like my kids that I do. I don't like kids. I like mine, right? And and as soon as you become a teacher, you will you'll understand exactly what I mean by that. Um you'll understand that, you know, kids just grow on you, once you create that relationship, they're yours, and they're yours for life, I have kids that I completely started with, you know, and I still talk to, them, I still keep in touch with, and their families still keep in touch with me, their moms, their cousins, their siblings, they're like, oh, there's, you know, oh, I'm texting you to check in and see how you're doing. You know, these are people that I have lifelong relationships with. These are people that I will one day see graduate from college, you know? And that'll be the most amazing thing because I taught you in fourth grade and here you are 12 years later graduating from college. That's amazing, you know? um, uh, Those are my kids. And I think that once I realized how selfless and, you know, how just open and giving you have to be to be a teacher because that kid that doesn't have a tampon or a pad when she starts her period and you have it, that's a lifelong connection. just bonded with that kid for life to see a kid start in my classroom and literally be so shy because she doesn't speak English to the fact that she was mute literally eight hours a day all day long never said a word and if she did it was in Spanish to completely talking my ear off by the end of the summer um that's that's always gonna be my kid that's my kid we created that bond, we did that together, we tackled that mountain, and I will never, 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 never forget these kids, because they're mine, you know, and to take that ownership, or to take that co-parenting role on a student, you know, really prepared me for what it's like to be a parent, and not even in the capacity of being a parent, but like, when I had my classroom, I was spending money on them kids like they were mine. The money i I spent as a teacher is the same money I spent as a parent. And now imagine me doing both. Being both a parent and a teacher. I'm just spending money for no reason. But that's neither here nor there. Like it definitely prepared me mentally because I've always been pretty selfish. Um I don't I don't regret being selfish. I don't take it as a word of offense anymore, um, I actually, I actually embrace being selfish, because it's important to be selfish in life, nobody can live your life for you, nobody can die for you, so you need to care about you, you know, and what you want out of life, so, you know, that's just a realization that I had, a little sidebar, a little, little, little kiki for you there, um, but, I did want to be more selfless when I became a teacher. Like, I had to care more about somebody else than myself for once. And it was crazy. It was crazy. It was a great feeling. And it definitely helped me. Like, I see why I took that path because I'm so much better as a parent at this point. Um. Also, when it comes to educating my daughter, like, teaching her sign language, just repetition um, singing songs, all of those type of things, different strategies that I've learned. I want to homeschool my daughter now because I was a teacher. I know what she's going to miss if she goes into the classroom. I know what she's going to experience if she goes into public school, you know, and these are the things that I want to be able to mold and guide and shape in her, um, as far as her character and her values and morals. So, you know, being a teacher definitely prepared me for being a parent. I was just talking to one of my best friends today, and we talked about what college did for us. So we had totally different experiences when it comes to uh, college, but when it comes to high school to college transition. I won't really speak for what her transition looked like, but I will speak for what mine looked like. I went to an all-Black high school. I'm been in an all-Black school district my entire life. So going into an HBCU, it wasn't a culture shock for me in the way that you think. However, it was a culture shock for me in a whole different way. Um, prior to being at an HBCU, In the community that I come from, it is not likely to see successful Black people in large amounts. You have one here, one there, but everybody else is basically struggling with what the government would consider low income, smoking and drinking on the weekends, going to the club, and that's life. Not really well rounded lifestyle you know not by choice but because of financial struggles right um and so going to an hbcu was a culture shock for me because i had never really seen the other side of black people black people that were activists black people that were community organizers black people that were academically knowledgeable um black people that were professional black people that look different black people that played instruments black people that were gothic or emo black people that like you see black people in all different lights when you look at hbcu so for those of you guys out there that are considering attending hbcu i definitely 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 recommend it um, because all the Black people in the world are not in your neighborhood, right? But when you go to an HBCU, you pull all of these Black people from all across the world, all different walks of life, into this one big Black-ass school. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, for me, that opened my eyes into unlimited possibilities, networking. Um, I was able to travel with people... Who you know were from different parts of America. You know, I was able to go home with friends and experience what their life was like. I was able to take trips with other friends and experience what that is like, (laughs) you know. Um, college is the only place that you'll get the experience of living with four different females and then taking a trip with ten different females and having a totally different experience. Um you know, budgeting, you know, I experienced that in college, I didn't really have to care about how much money I spent before college, in college, it was like, am I going to spend these $10 on groceries, or am I going to spend these $10 on weed, literally, that was the question, and so, you know, you learn how to split $5 on weed, $5 on groceries, you know, you'll figure it out, (laughs) so, um, that, that was definitely something that prepared me like as I reflect as I, I, I can keep going further and further back in life in you know high school, middle school relationships, how they have shaped who I am today. That's just shadow work. that's just shadow work. In those moments when I first got my first heartbreak when when my daughter, you know, went through her traumatic experience, breaking up with my, the child of my father, all of these experiences in that moment, for months, even at a time, seemed traumatic, seemed like I would never get through it, seemed like I would never heal from it, seemed like I would never get over it, and here I am today, able to turn that thing around and say, you know, it sucks. Still might not be completely healed from it, but I can definitely see how it has shaped who I was today, who I am today, whether it is in a positive or even a negative view. Some of these things have caused me to put up walls emotionally. Some of these experiences have caused me to view certain people in a different light. Some of these things have caused me to not have such a strong bonds with people as I would have liked but it all has pushed me into the the position that I'm in right now shadow work I'm currently presently going through something but I cannot mope about it because I know for a fact that it's going to have its expiration date I'm going to be successful in the end, and I'm going to look back on this and know why I went through it. It's going to make complete, perfect sense, because everything else has. And so, um, you know, once you start understanding the balance of life, yin and yang, there's always going to be a little bad in the good. There's always going to be a little good in the bad. But if you can see that, if you can have faith through that, it makes sense. struggle a little a little less intense you know uh something that I'm not dealing well with is grief right I don't really understand why people transition from here into the afterlife and why does it hurt so bad however I know that energy never dies and I know that um what was that yesterday was the birthday of my grandfather who passed and I just thought about the ways that my daughter acts like him, that would have been her great-grandfather, and his energy, his spirit is still lingering, not only through his kids, but through his grandkids, and through his great-grandkids, and so, you know, thinking about that yesterday, I was kind of, you know, starting to get a little sad, starting to get a little choked up, because I'm like, dang, you know, if he would have been here, He would have been able to see me graduate from college. Like, that would have been so dope. He would have been able to see me accomplish so much and been so happy for me and of me. Um, And he would have had such a great time with his great grandkids. Like, it would have been crazy, right? I started to get a little choked up. But then I thought about it, and I thought about, like, how strong the traits of my child reflect this man. Who she's never met. His energy is not dead. He's very much alive. He's very much living through his kids. His kids are so much like him. It's crazy. Um, and and through my kids, and through me, you know, the the energy is not dead. The energy still lives on. The happiness, the the glow, the the. The mindset, it still lives on. And I think that's so important for us to realize. Like, I think it makes me deal with situations a lot better when I realize that this is for a purpose. Like, I have to go through this. It's not, why am I going through this? It's, I have to go through this. And once I realize that, it's like, okay, bring it on. Because I know once I beat this level, I'm going to the next one. And there's going to be something else for me to beat. And I'm going to beat that too. The the key is knowing, knowing the strategies, right? It's not just knowing the strategies, but then again, it's also knowing, once you know the strategies to get through that level, it's about knowing that you're the victor, right? And it's about manifesting that. It's about saying that every day, even when it doesn't look like you're going to win, I'm going to win. I got this beat. It's fine. Everything's fine. And and that's a manifestation. I know that people joke around with that. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's cool. Everything's cool. But it really is. That's a manifestation as long as you believe it. It doesn't look like anything right now. But down the line, it's going to be fine. I'm the victor. I don't even know how. How? I don't know how. I'm not trying to figure that out. Because I'm okay with not knowing. I'm sending that. I'm sending that joy of I've been through something that was way worse than this. And I got through that. I've beat something that was way harder than this, and I got through that. I spent time broke <laughs> way longer than this. This is nothing. You mean to tell me I'm on level 24 and this is the fight? Cool. Don't worry about it. I got you. I got the persistence that I need. I got the strategies. I got the people. I got the network. I got the prayers. I got the journals. I got the, what? I'm armed. I'm locked and loaded. What are you, what else? What else? And I'm not saying that in a life, throw everything at me way. Please don't, you know, please don't. Ooh, no, don't need that. But I am saying that I'm, I have, you know, figuratively speaking, I have the ammo to fight this battle in the best way that I know how, because I've been through battles similar or stronger. I've been through storms, you know, after, you know, theoretically speaking, if you're in a spot where you, you know, uh, have bad storms or bad weather, after the first couple of storms, you know how to Pin your stuff down in the ground so that it's not flying away. You know how to protect your house. You know to have a backup generator, right? You know all of these things now. So when the storm comes, you're like, oh, okay, it's a storm. It's bad. I'm scared. But I got the crawl space ready. I got the food ready. I got the generator ready, right? Like, you, you start to be more equipped for these things because the storms aren't going to stop. You still stay in the same place. You just have become more equipped. You have more lights in your house that don't run off of electricity. You have flashlights in every room. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're more prepared. And as you get older, you can't still be reaching for your flashlight and feeling around the room. Because what are you going through is for. So all of the last three storms were for nothing. You thought that that was it. You didn't move. You didn't relocate. But you thought that the last three storms were gonna be the last three storms ever in your area. Yeah, right. Let's let's be more prepared. Let's get let's get these lights. Let's get this generator. Let's invest. So the next time this storm comes around, we're good. We got it. And so you know, right now I am in a struggle. But it doesn't feel as struggling. <laughs> because I know that this is warming me up. I'm in, the, I'm in the microwave, right? And you're hiding me. I might boil a little bit. But once it's I'm going to be done. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to taste good. I'm going to be awesome. I'm going to be straight. You're going to be straight. And so I just wanted to encourage somebody today who might be feeling like giving up. Think about, do that shadow work. Think about the things that you've been through in the past that, have, that only happened to you so that you can be here in the present. And then I want you to think, like, what can this possibly be preparing me for then? If those things were preparing me for this, and I'm not even at the end of the race, what can this be preparing me for? It's got to be so big. It's got to be so big. It's got to be so big because you struggled for too long. And now you have even more tools, manifestation, yoga, meditation. You're you're locked and loaded spiritually. So this thing isn't going to attack your mind. It's not going to attack your spirit. It's not going to attack your soul. It can't. You're locked and loaded. What are you going to do? What are you going to do?
1: Hey y'all! It is Ada Spiritual Gangster. Just wanted to make sure you don't forget to follow me on Instagram at thirty three Spiritual underscore Gangster with one more underscore, and on Twitter I can be found at gangsterspread thirty three. Of course, I am on TikTok for my youngins. I am at underscore Spiritual Gangster, and don't forget to rate and tell. That means rate this podcast and tell somebody about it.